You're listening to audio from the Town Center campus of CA Church, located in downtown Coquitlam. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. Good morning. For those of you who don't know, my name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here and excited to be with you. Excited to have uh, the kids uh, in our service with us this morning. Uh, so for those of you who are visiting, normally uh, all the kids would head out and they'd go to kids' church. But once a month, uh, we have the kids, uh, the majority of the kids stay in the service with us. And one of the reasons is that, and you can talk to some people who are maybe in their, their early 30s or mid-30s who have no clue how to fit into the church. Why? Because they were born in the church and they went to kids' church, then they went to middle school, then they went to high school, then they went to young adults program, and then they're 30 and they're like, ah, uh, what do I do now? You, you're a part of the church. That's what you do now. And so uh, what, what we want to, together with our kids' department here, we want to make sure that the children in our church understand that they are part of the church as a whole, not just a program on the side of the church. And so for those of you who are, are kids who are not in here every, every week, if there's things that go on in this service that you have questions about, I challenge you to challenge your parents with those questions. And then they can text me if they don't know, and then I'll go, this, just tell them this. Uh, some of you have done that, and that's okay. And that's, what, that's part of what it means to be in a church and to share community um, together. Um, so I love this text because it's all about being devoted. And I have lamented uh, much lately. I've been speaking to my family about it. I've been speaking to my wife about it. The... The lack of devotion that we see in a lot of people's um, lives. And, and I think I was saying to my son the other day, I th- or, or my wife the other day, I, I think I've gone from being uh, like an angry, bitter guy to just my heart being broken by people who, who don't see the beauty of church and don't see the beauty of living in community and, and living out um, the gospel. Um, as most of us know, um, or, or maybe I'll, I'll ask the kids this. What are some things that you guys like to do? Okay, I'm not going to say that because then it's just going to go silent. Anybody can answer this question. What, what are things we do in groups? What, what do you like to get together with your friends and do? Eat. Eat. Fantastic. That was pretty. Play football? Watch your dad play football. You like to get in a group and watch your dad play football. Okay, and he makes you come, yeah? Like he, oh, Is there a treat at the end of it? If you come, we'll stop by. Okay, well, that's genuine. That's good. Right on. What else? We eat. We like to watch. So watch sports is one of my favorite things to do with my son. We love to get up at 4.30 on a Saturday morning and watch our, our Everton team probably lose. But we love to, we love to do it anyway. There's joy in the journey. Uh, what, what, are, what are some other things we gather together to do? Board games. Wow. It's like you guys are all, you guys all answer the same thing. Board games. Wait, second one. Board games. Board games. Board games. That's good, guys. Well done. Wow. You guys knew what I was going to be talking about. Uh, Someone else. There was another one over here. Talk about Jesus. Why did I know you would say that? Fantastic. To talk about Jesus. When we get together, there's you, when we get together in a group, there's usually something at the center. So what is this group doing? Probably one of the most important, not the most important things, but the most important sport, absolutely. This group, and what was that? This is the Canadian playing in the Australians. Then he won. Football, get together to play a sport or to watch a sport. Or there's a, this group is get together farming, they're rice farming, Right? Um, this next group, what, what are these people doing together? Sam, what are they doing? Where are they at? A birthday party. That's an easy one. 
uh, with a green spider. Go back, a green Spider-Man. I'm confused about that, but that's all right. It's the Hulk, Spider-Man, and one of the other ver- multiverses. Who knows? That could exist. Now, what are these? What is this group doing? The next one. Worship. How do you know that? Because <laughs> they look like us. <laughs> they look like what we do. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, if you took a quick glance and you're familiar with Mariner, you might even think that's the Mariner campus because that's a pretty familiar look for a church to have, especially these days with a big screen up front with, with the lyrics. But people tend to have a purpose when they get together. They have something in common that is making them gather together. And that what, this is similar to our reason. Why, why have these people gathered together? Because of Jesus. What are they doing about Jesus? <laughs> They're worshiping him. What are some other things that might go on there? Hint, we do them every week. What are some other things that might go on there? Singing, yes. Maybe some shaking? Maybe. Yeah. Right on. The reason this church exists, the reason this church exists, is all goes back to the text that, that Sharon just read for us. That This group is a community of people who love Jesus, want to know more about Jesus, and want to worship Jesus, and so they gather together with one common purpose, and when people do that, it's called the church. So as a church, in the last two weeks, in Kids Church and here, we've been talking about the book of Acts, which is all about the first believers. It's all about the first people who saw and knew Jesus and loved Jesus and then grew a community out of that common belief and understanding in a response, really, to what Jesus had told them to do. They were pretty excited. Their best friend, who they just watched for three years perform all sorts of miracles, show amazing love to people, welcome in people who felt unseen and unloved. Ever feel unseen and unloved? Jesus says, come to me. Come into this community that I'm creating. And, he, and so Jesus says to all of them, okay, I've done these miracles. The ultimate miracle being I, I died and came to life. And I showed you, gave you many convincing proofs that I was alive. So this is what's going to happen. He lays it out for them. I'm going to disappear for a while. And when I got, get back, this is what I want to have happened. I want you, this small group of people, to have told everybody you possibly can about what you saw. I want you to start here, then I want you to go to the neighboring city, and I want you to go everywhere and tell everyone what you saw. So I want us to imagine this, step into the story. Your best friend, who you thought just had some great ideas at first, and gathered some people in, good teacher. Then all of a sudden, you see him turn water into wine. And for reasons other than just the fact you like wine, you think that's pretty awesome. And then you see him heal some people. Then you hear him make these amazing claims that, how, that you don't know. How are you going to prove that you are this, this son of the living God? How are you going to prove that you are one with God the Father? And then he dies and comes back from the dead and says, I've got a few things for you. You would do them. You would say, yes, if I'm going to bank on anything, it's not going to be one of the, the Roman gods. It's not going to be one of the philosophies that's going around. I'm going to bank on this guy. Why? Because he came back from the dead. Always bank on the guy who came back from the dead. Always. I don't care if he's your brother like he was to James. I don't care if he has different political views than you do. Well, his one political view was I'm the king of all creation. That's our beginning political view, by the way, if you haven't heard me say that before. So with all of that that was said, they were devoted to Jesus. 
That's the first thing that, that the Bible says to us in this text today. They were devoted to Jesus, and they were devoted in four ways. They wanted to listen to all the stories about Jesus that his best friends knew about. They wanted to spend time together. This is the one we all need to work on in our, in our time, our generation, our culture. They wanted to eat together. That one we're good with. That was the first answer you all had. And they prayed together. These are the first signs of what the community of Jesus looked like as they devoted themselves to each other. What does devoted mean? Does anyone have a good definition of devoted? It doesn't show up there. Yet. First of all, look at Jesus' friends, aren't they? Their heads are probably a little too heavy for their necks, but that's all right. They called on Jesus for help. That's why there's a walking stick, actually, to hold his head up. What does devoted mean? I'm devoted to my wife. What does that mean? Committed. Oh, wow. Committed, yeah. Dedicated, yeah. What was that? Attentive. That's one I'm working on, but yes. Attentive. <laughs> Sacrificial, love, honor, and obey. These are fantastic definitions. With my wife, when I say I'm devoted, my, my, my aim, my life is aimed towards all those things you're saying. I want, to, I want to hear her. I want more and more of her. I want to make sure that she is protected and, and healthy and safe. When I say I'm devoted to this church, I'm dedicated to the church, I want to see health in this church. I want to see healthy relationships between each other and between us and God. So think to yourself, what do you want most right now in life? What do you want most right now? And what would you be willing to do to get it? Think of what you want and what you would be willing to do to get it. What these first believers wanted more than anything else was to know and be like Jesus. They wanted to know more about it and they wanted to be more, and they would do anything to get it. And these are, the, these are the four things that they did. They listened to more about Jesus. They spent time together. They ate together. And they prayed together. So let's look at those. First, they listened. They devoted themselves to listening to the apostles. The apostles, the disciples, we can think of those as the, the people who were closest to Jesus. They were the best friends of Jesus. They were there for all these amazing stories that people were starting to talk about. So as the church started getting larger and larger, they would come up to the apostles and go, did this really happen? Did you really see Jesus before he died? And then did you see him die and then him be buried and then him come back? Yeah, yeah, we really saw it. And then did he give you many convincing proofs that he had come back from the death? That's what it says in Acts chapter 1. Did he give you many convincing proofs? Yeah, he gave us many convincing proofs. Like he gave me a proof and then I woke up in the morning. I thought, did I really see that proof? And then I went again and I saw a proof again. And I saw, I touched it. He had holes and he had holes. I saw it all. There were many convincing proofs. So if you just came to the church in the first century after Pentecost, like we, we read about last week, you would go up to Jesus' best friends and go, you were the closest. Did this really happen? So they devoted themselves to the, the things that the apostles or the disciples or the best friends of Jesus knew and all the stories that they knew about Jesus. So what are some of the things that they would have learned about Jesus? He loved children. Yes. Jesus loved children. And if people tried to get between children and Jesus, you don't want to be there. Get out of the way. Let the children come to me. Yeah. What, if, you were, if, you, if you approached the, one of the apostles and said, tell me about Jesus, what are some of the things they would share with you? Sinless. Yeah, he, ne he never sinned. He was tempted, but he never sinned. Dedicated to God the Father. Obedient, yeah. 
Some of the things that Jesus said about himself, that would be interesting. <laughs> did, Jesus, did this Jesus really say he was king? Did he, did he refer to himself as king or the son of the living God, one with God? Did he say, yeah, he said all those things. And you believe it? Yeah, I believe it because I put my trust in the guy who died and then rose from the dead again. That, that's, so I believe all of it. That's where I'm going to bank. So one, a lot of the things that they would listen to and talk about in the early church was, okay, this is who he said he was. How then should we respond? How should we respond to all of that? See, Jesus wants us to know him and, and to know about him. So when we come in on a Sunday, we don't come, when we go to kids' church or we come in here, uh, when we're reading scriptures, we're not doing it just to check off a list and go, I'm living a good Christian life. We're doing it because we want to know more about him and we want to know him more. So we want to listen to what the apostles said. We want to read what they wrote. And how should we live for him? How can we know about Jesus how can we be God's people? The second thing they did is they spent time together. They were devoted. Devoted is before all of these. They were devoted to listening. They were devoted to spending time together. They were devoted to eating and, and sharing. And they were devoted to prayer. The second thing, they were devoted to spending time together. Now, where do you guys think they spent time together? In a nice place like this? Each other's homes, right? Sometimes they couldn't even get into each other's homes. Sometimes they just hung out outside. In the courts of the temple. They weren't allowed in anymore, so they'd hang out outside the temple. They would find any place they could to hang out with other believers. They were devoted to being together as this community that Jesus created. They didn't have church buildings. They didn't have Zoom. They didn't have YouTube. They couldn't sit at home in their pajamas and go, I'm in church community right now. And look at a hundred faces. People's homes outside, yeah. How often do you think they hung out? It's right there in verse 46. How often? We make time once a month. How often do they hang out? All the time, every day. I mean, get a job. I get it. <laughs> but how much of our evenings and our weekends are filled up with a lot of fluff? Now, I understand that as I'm talking about being devoted to spending time together, all the people that need to hear it aren't here. I get it. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but this is on podcast. People, listen on podcast. We'll see you next week. For now, gathering together. They did not see it as an option. They saw it as, as important to the, 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 the blood pumping through this community, that they were together in community, reflecting over and over on who Jesus was and offering worship. They were devoted to gathering together. Now, my favorite thing is that the early church, this is my third point, they invented the potluck. Now, potluck is important. What's a potluck? Food. Everyone bringing food. And you know what? As the church expands and we have more ethnicities coming to the church, potluck gets better and better and better. Because <laughs> you know why? Because that's a glimpse of the eternal kingdom of God. As we bring in different languages and bring in different foods and bring in different languages. That's the church. That's what Jesus died to create. And we're busy on Netflix and don't have time to come in and live in community and have potluck together. They ate together. They devoted themselves to eating. I'll, I'll devote myself to eating. That's great. That's one of my favorites. 
<laughs> that was always a big thing of God. You guys need to know this, and, and you younger people, you, you need to know that God was always about getting together for a party. He was always about getting together and having food and singing and celebrating. It was one of Jesus' favorite things to do, to go to weddings, to go to parties, to go to people's homes, to eat, and use those moments to teach and to love each other. And as God's people were devoted to Jesus, we're supposed to spend time eating and laughing together with other, with other people. Uh, I'm really excited that after the service today, many of you are going to be going to the, kids, the, the Growing Together event, which is going to be full of adults and kids just eating more, more treats and spending time together laughing and making memories together. We don't think of that as spiritual. That's what the churches should be devoted to, getting together and eating and having fun together. That is a reflection of our love for Jesus Christ. The Bible calls it breaking bread. That sounds kind of dull. Breaking bread is code. It means sharing food. Not just bread, but what happens when you break bread? Why do you break it? You break it because you're not keeping it to yourself. You break it because then you're about to pass it on to other people. So whenever you see breaking bread, that's meant it just went from you keeping it to yourself, from you being an individual, to breaking it and handing it out to other people, and in so doing, welcoming them into your lives. But it doesn't have to be bread. It could be, I mean, we can share any kind of food. Um, what's this? Now, that, what's that? Kale. Kale. Wow. I'm sorry for those who are so quick to answer, because it tells me a bit about what you eat. Um, now, let me ask you, Jacob, would it be easy to share kale with other people? Would you be happy to give it to other people? Yes. Well, it might not be so easy for them to take it, but it would be easy <laughs> to offer it to other people. I, I don't think kale existed in the Garden of Eden. I think it came after. <laughs> but some things, some things are easier to share with other people. Think about this. Some things are easier to share with other people. Vegetables might be a little easier, although if that dip has a little bit, sometimes that dip, is, I mean, I'll just take the spoon and the dip. It's pretty good. Okay, what else we have here? Sandwiches. Sandwiches can be pretty easy sometimes, maybe a little bit easier. But the more dear to your heart something is, the more you love it. You know what? You know what, you know what we love these days? Time. The more dear something is to us, the more love we express by offering it to other people. So if we're meant to devote ourselves to Christian community, to being together, the more we're willing to offer that up, is the stronger the show of love that is. Kale, vegetables, sandwiches, those are probably easy to give up. For some of you, I could tell by the sound, Timbits are pretty dear to your heart. Now, this is a family service, so that means that well, I'm looking right at you. Can you have a donut? Come on down. Who else wants to? This is church after all. Who else is going to come down and have a Timbet? Oh, I doubt it. This is going to be the reverse of the loaves and fishes. Why don't you take one? Just one though, right? Yeah, no, I said they're not going to multiply. It's going to go in the opposite direction. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the party one right there. I like that one. The, you know what this is called? It's paralysis of choice. Oh, that was so smart. No, no, no. It was stuck to it. You got to take it. That's how that rolls. 
help yourself. Good job. So, let me ask this question. Did we just eat together? Did we? Or did you eat? <laughs> so what would be a way, let me ask all the kids who just came up and are now enjoying, what would be a great way right now in this moment, gathered as a church, devoted to each other, to listen, to gather together, and to eat together? What would, what would be a great thing we could do with all the remaining donuts? Don't say take them home. <laughs> Eat them? Who? Just you? Everybody? Who said everybody? Come on down. And I need two more of the kids to come down who, who helped out already. Take one more for you. And then can you take the box and go hand them out to other people? Take one more for yourself, and can you go hand, go take the box around? Come on, people, put your hands up if you want a donut. It's not the new communion. That's Canadian communion. Canadian communion. <laughs> oh, all right. I'll pass them around then, so we can cover some more ground. Thank you. All right. No, don't do it, man. Yeah, if we changed communion to donuts and coffee, in a month you'll all be saying, hey, remember when Brad used to work here? Those were good times. He was such a, he was such a good pastor. No, Karen, you want the last one now? No, you're good. Behind me, there you go. Thank you. All right. It's not happening every week, people. All right. Fantastic. Good job, guys. <laughs> How do they taste? Good. That is a small version of what church ought to look like. Now, there's many people in this church that I know that they make it their mission often when they see new people in the church to go, what are you doing for lunch? Let's go have dinner. Let's go have lunch together. And I know many of you maybe even come from, and I, I know many of you lament because you maybe come from a, a tradition, uh, not a liturgy, but a tradition that the church just spent time together. You, 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 would, you would have the morning together and then you'd go grab a lunch. Uh, you'd spend the, maybe the evening together. You'd have people over several times during the, the week and the evenings to eat together. And you've tried to keep that up, but you can't have it. Nobody shows up anymore <laughs> because people are too busy. We got too much going on. And I've seen, I've seen where the, I, I don't have the meme. I should have shown it. I thought it was a little much maybe with kids in the congregation. But there's a meme. You can check it out. There's a meme that's, uh, that has all these zebras in the Serengeti. And then one zebra stepping out from the group and says, I don't need church to survive. And then the next shot is a tiger going after that zebra while all the other zebras are in the back going like this. It's an actual picture, not a cartoon. We have so many people saying, I don't need to be devoted to the church. I don't need to be devoted to listening to the apostles. I don't need to be devoted. I don't need to be gathering together to share with others, even though that's one of the greatest expressions we can have of giving up of ourselves and giving up of our rights. 1 John 4, 21 
John writes this. He says, he has given us, this is Jesus. He gave, Jesus gave us the, this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. It's one of the greatest ways you can show love to Jesus. One of the greatest ways you can show love to God is by welcoming people into your lives, into your home, communing with them uh, during church, after church. We give up some of the things that we want to keep for ourselves. There's other places. It's not just in the church. There's work. There's the schoolyard. There's that, that kid that nobody plays with who's always in the corner by themselves because they're a little different. One of the greatest expressions of the, your love for Jesus could be to go to that person and show them love and show them community, to let them know that they are seen, they are known, they are loved. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's uncomfortable. That's one of the, the main topics of the New Testament are Peter and Paul writing about how to deal with this new community that just welcomes everyone in who's all different and come from different backgrounds. That's what the church is meant to look like. It's meant to be messy. A bunch of messy people who love each other. <laughs> well, the last way the early followers followed Jesus and devoted themselves to him was by praying together. What do you think some of the, what would have been some of the top, so it's a, a, a prayer meeting in in. in A.D. 40, and you're in Priscilla's house, and you're sitting down, and you have some prayer requests, and you've all had your week of trying to live out your Christian life in the Roman Empire, and you all sit down, and you know, you've walked through uh, the Beth Moore guide, and then you've, you've finished, and it's prayer time, and you say, okay, what are some of our prayer requests this week? Protection. Protection from the Romans. Protection from the Jews who were persecuting Christians. What are some other things you might pray for? Courage. courage. Yeah, courage. What was that, Val? Healing. Yeah. He certainly did. Yeah. So they'd, they'd be remembering that Jesus died on the cross for them and thanking him for that. Yeah. You, you jump to my next one. Thanks, buddy. Talking about what, we, what we'd be praising him for. What, what are some of the things they would thank God for in prayer? Food. Food. <laughs> yeah. Donuts. <laughs> healing. Thanking God for healing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they're praying for donuts, right, Jeremy? That could be. But you know what? But, but we, we, again, we take food for granted, but part of the persecution would have been to go to the market and say, we're not selling you anything. You're a Christian. You don't, you don't get the same privileges as a good Roman citizen. So they would have had prayers like that. Prayers for courage. Prayers for the needs of other people in their group. Courage during persecution, for sure. And, it, and it's, it's important that we don't only pray as individuals. This is part of their devotion to the group. When I pray by myself, I feel like the story is just my story. When I pray with my daughter before bed, all of a sudden that story just got a little bit bigger, and it got a little bit bigger for her too. When we pray as a, as a family, that story just got a little bit bigger. We're all walking in that story together. When we pray as a church, and we, and we devote ourselves to the, the, the teachings of the apostles, then we remember that we're in a much larger story, and we're not just walking in it as individuals. And that helps us with our courage, and as we call on the Spirit to fill us so that we can preach with boldness. We share with each other. We support each other. We remind each other of God's love for us. 
So it's a family devoted to Jesus, wanting to be the church that, that loves each other, that, that cares for each other. What are some of the things right now that we can pray for? Ensenada. Pray for the, the boys in Ensenada and the team that's going down there to do some ministry there. And you know what? I'm anxious about Ensenada. <laughs> I've shared this for sure. It's, come, it's coming fast and furious. And there's always a lot of unanswered questions before you step into a short-term mission trip. So, yeah, pray, pray for the team and pray for the, the church in Cuentro that we'll be serving with down there. What are some other things as a church, this church, that we can be praying for? Each other. Yes. There are so many, and I, I use this language very often, but there are so many unseen things that are, we're all attached to that are outside of these four walls. There's burdens with work. There's burdens with our relationships. There's burdens with finances. Many of us are suffering physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And we don't throw it all out here. But if we're honest, we all walk in with stuff. <laughs> what are some things we can be thankful for? This facility, yeah. Absolutely, this facility. And for those who've been with us, who remember the other facilities, you understand that, <laughs> that statement more than anybody. Yeah. This church family, absolutely. Freedom that we can gather. Freedom that we can gather. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. We, some of us were at the missions uh, dinner last night, and we were hearing stories from all over the world about some of the persecution going on. We, we, look, we look and we go, oh, that's, that's history. It's not history. It's global Christianity. It's still going on all over the world. And so it is a, it is a privilege to be here. All right, well, I'm going to pray because that's what the church does. The church gathers. It listens to the teaching of the apostles, which we've just done. It, it shares a meal together, which we've done. I won't call it a meal. I'm trying to expand outside of just donuts in my meals. But and we've shared, we've given it to other people. And now we're going to pray. Let's spend a few moments in prayer. And Jesus, for all the things that, are, that have been mentioned, the things that are on our hearts, unmentioned, you see them all, you know of them all, your, your, your all-seeing eye sees and, and knows what we walk through. And God, there are some here who are, who are physically have been walking with, with ailments for years. Some who are waiting to hear from doctors right now. Some who are stepping into surgery this week. I pray that in those, those moments that they would understand a great intimacy with you. They would understand what it means to know you even as they walk through the valley, even as they walk through uh, deep waters and feel like they're going to be overwhelmed when it feels, as the psalm says, like the, the ground is shaking underneath them. I, I pray, please be present with them. We give thanks that we have a freedom to, to gather and worship, uh, a freedom often taken, taken for granted uh, by, by each of us, by all of us at times. It's, it's, it's nurtured in, in us these days. God, I thank you for the kids in this church. Thank you for the, the kids' church and, and their, their desire to, to see our young kids know you and love you and serve you and find their identity in you. And God, we're still working on that for ourselves as well. 
I pray that you would teach us the lessons of the early church, even in the midst of persecution, even knowing what it might mean, what it might cost them. They, would, they devoted themselves to the community, the church. They devoted themselves to the message of your life, death, and resurrection. They, they devoted themselves in breaking bread together and praying together. And in doing so, they found the strength to move forward. They saw themselves in the, the bigger story that you were telling. God, there's such a temptation to do church community on our terms, and there, there's just not an option for that. You, you didn't, that's not what you laid out for us. And we do it at, at our own detriment to step outside of your, your church community. And so may we be, the flip side of that, may we be the, a church that, is, uh, that a, a, attracts the hurt, that, that, that brings in those who feel unseen and unloved and gives them a place where they can be comforted and challenged to live the life that you've called us to. It is so worth it. It is so worth it to devote ourselves to this story. So work in us and through us. And I, I think of, of the, the younger group here today as they step into school this week and the challenges that come with that, as they, they have different relationships with different friends at the, at the school, and as they get older, those change, and they have questions about that. God, I pray that they would lean into you. I pray that they would sense uh, your presence with them as they step into those uncertain situations. Thank you that there is nowhere we go that you do not go with us. And God, as we step forward, as we claim to love you, may we love the church that you've placed us in. May we love the people. May we love others who love you well. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's remain standing and let's respond in, in song. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca to find out more about getting involved in the life and mission of CA Church.